0: Take your Bibles and turn with me tonight to Psalm 100, Psalm 100, if you would please stand for the reign of God's word if you're able to, Psalm 100, very familiar psalm to all of us. Many people have this psalm memorized, we refer to different verses in it, preach a lot of different messages from different verses in it, use different verses and different messages from it, but I want us to look at, at something as I looked at this afternoon here and, and I and that uh, I think is important for us to understand Psalm 100 and to get the fullness out of it. You know, you can know a verse, you can have it memorized, you can quote it, and yet never really understand and get the fullness out of it. In fact, the Word of God, I think, is continually so rich that we're continually, we should be able to get more and more out of the Word of God. Psalm 100, begin verse 1, says, Make a joyful noise. For the Lord is is good, His mercy is everlasting, and His truth endureth to all generations. If you would look at verse 3, and I really want to center and look at this psalms, and this may be a little more of a Bible study, I guess, but I want to center around verse 3 just a little bit. I believe with verse 3, if you don't get verse 3, the rest of it doesn't fall in place. Again there in verse 3, it says, Know ye that the Lord, He is God. Know ye that He is God. It is He that hath made us, and not we ourselves. We are His people and the sheep of His pasture. I'd like to preach a message I've titled, Know ye not that the Lord is God. Let's pray. Lord, we come to you asking that you would speak to our hearts. Lord, I need wisdom. I need the Holy Spirit to guide my thoughts, my tongue, and what I say, and and Lord, help me to even illustrate or whatever you'd have me to do, Lord, that there might be a greater understanding of, the, of this portion of Scripture, Lord. We know that all word, Lord, the word of God is given, Lord, it's so that we might know you in a greater way, that we might serve you in a greater way. And so, Lord, I pray that you'd speak to our hearts tonight through this period of time, Lord, as we're gathered together. I thank you, Lord, for those that were... Uh, Here this morning, but Lord, we're here tonight to meet with you. Lord, we had great service this morning, but we want to meet with you tonight. Lord, I pray that you just uh, speak to our hearts, draw us near. We do pray for Michelle's dad and and mom and family. Lord, I pray that you'd comfort them, strengthen them, Lord, and and help at this time. Lord, we know that you have the answers to all things, and whether we understand or not, I pray your blessing upon them, Lord. I pray your comfort upon them. I pray that you'd be with them, and Lord, that you'd intervene. I pray for Brother Ron Baker, Lord. I pray that you would give the doctors wisdom. Pray, Lord, you would touch his body, raise him up. And others, Lord, who are facing illnesses and struggles. uh, Lord, you know our hearts. You know those that we have on our prayer list. You know all that that's even on the hearts and minds of every person in this room. Lord, it's good to know that we have a prayer answering God. That your hand's not short. Your ear's not heavy. That you can't hear. That you can't save. But you can't do the work that you want to do. Help us to trust you. Blessed now, I pray in Jesus' name, Amen. You be seated. Know ye not that the Lord He is God? It is He that hath made us, and not we ourselves. We are His people and the sheep of His pasture. You know, I believe in a day in the day in which we live, we many Christians have missed this one truth right here and in, in this verse, in, in this chapter. But it Carries throughout the whole entire scripture. If we don't get this, we don't get anything. We must get a hold of this. Uh, when the Christian gets this truth, he lives by truth, and, the, and their life will be directed by the truth, and things will begin to take a whole new perspective and meaning in their lives. You say, Well, what are you talking about? Well, look at this again, and we're going to look at this here. Read it slowly and look at it. It says, Know ye not, or know ye that the Lord He is God? It's given to us in many respects as a question. We say, "Yeah, we we know that He's God. We know that He's God." Uh, but is He your God? He goes on and says, "It is He that hath made us, and not we ourselves. We are His people, and the sheep of His pasture." So, as we look at this, the question here tonight is. Uh, is is there a question of who is God in your life? To be honest with you, you know, if you look again there, it says, Know ye that the, the Lord, He is God. Most people, if we would ask, uh, most people, if you would ask who claim to be saved, you'd say, Who's your God? Well, they'd say, Jesus. Who's your God? Jesus, the Lord of heaven, our heavenly Father, Jehovah God. And that is easily said but the problem is many do not live it you see you can say one thing and live another way as uh, we've heard over the years and I don't don't hear it so much anymore but I used to hear it a lot talk is cheap talk is cheap your life should match your talk many times we think that it's an easy question to answer, and at first glance, as I said, you may uh, we 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 know the answer that that others want to hear, and we hold that up and in a shallow portion of our hearts and minds. And listen to this: in a shallow portion of our hearts and our minds, we say that he that that the Lord Jesus Christ is God. If you look at that and the way it's written, notice there. Look at your scripture. In your Bible, Lord should be spelled with all caps, okay? Should be with all that. That's Jehovah God. That is saying who is Lord. He is Lord. That is his name, Jehovah, okay? That has been translated in the Hebrew from Jehovah uh, to Lord. That's what we have in our Bible. Whenever you see that spelled that way, that is Jehovah God. But it goes on and it says he is God okay he's making a statement but the statement is a question in many in many ways to you and me the question would be is Jehovah your God is Jehovah your God is the God of heaven the creator of this world Jesus Christ is he God and to qualify that you have to stop and think okay yeah I, I he's God he's God he's my God I'm saved, I'm a Christian. No, is He your God? To be your God, He would have to have control of your life. Let me say that again. To be your God, He has to have control of your life. That's where the rub meets today. There's a lot of Christians, children of God, those who have been saved, He is not their God. By the meaning of God. God would have control. He would have preeminence. He would would be the leader. He would be the director of their lives. So their immediate answer, many would say, yes, He is my God. When, in fact, for many Christians, Jesus Christ is not really their God. They have many gods. There's a lot of Christians today... This is their God. This is their God. This is what controls them. They, everything about their money, that controls their life. If it's, you know, it goes before Jesus Christ. That tells you something right there. Not just this, but it might be recreation. It's more important than than Jesus Christ, uh, Jehovah God. And so we can lay lay out quite a few. It might be even your job that you love the job, and it, it and it controls you and possesses you more than Jesus Christ controls and possesses your life. So therefore, that becomes your God, little g. That that the God that is defined there in the psalmist in Psalms 100 is capital G Elian, which means that. He is the supreme God. And so the fact is, is that there is a supreme God, but there is a multitude of gods that people have controlling over their lives. You may have several. There may be multiple gods possible in your life. It might be your job. It might be the money. It might be uh, other materialism. It might be recreation. You know. We can go on and we can just keep on talking about the different types of of God's little G that there is out there. So the psalmist awakens our thinking again to the fact that the Lord is God. He's trying to get us to think again, to reassess our position. You see, when you got saved, I believe with all my heart that most people, uh, when they get saved, that they truly, they want Jesus Christ to be in that position as God. When they receive Christ their Savior. But many times we get into the flux of the world and we get into things of life and they we begin to drift here, we begin to drift there, and he no longer becomes God or the one that directs our life or the one that is in control of our life. Something else begins to direct our life, and something else begins to control our life. Now we believe him. We may still go to church, we still have put our faith and trust him, we're still going to heaven. But we have changed the perspective of what is God in our lives. Notice the merits of which he declares the Lord Jehovah to be God. Look here in verse uh, uh, 3 again. It says, Know ye that the Lord, He is God. And then this is why he says, It is He that hath made us. It is He that hath made us. And not we ourselves. We are His people and the sheep of His pasture." Do you see anything there that stands out? Ownership. Creation. He created us. Hey, listen. Should not that which is created be subject to that which created it? And so we should be subject unto the Lord when we begin to stop and realize that God created me, that I might serve Him, that I might live for Him, that I might be his child, that I might follow him, that I might uh, serve him with my whole heart and life. He has the right to expect that. We most certainly did not create ourselves. We, and the breath that, we, that, that breathed life into our, into our bodies, it was the Lord, not us. When you were born, it was God that breathed life into you. It was not you that breathe life into yourself. When you receive him as Savior, you became a child of Jehovah God as, as his people. So we're to live for him. We're to love him. We're to follow him. We are his people. Uh, we're part of that family. We're a, 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 a child of God. As sheep of a, of a pasture, we're to follow him, the great shepherd. You stop and think about it. What What good are sheep that will not follow a shepherd? They're going to wind up destroying their lives. And we see that in Christians' lives. that They're not following the shepherd. They're not following uh, uh, Jesus Christ as God. And so he doesn't have the control over it. And they're going their own way. And they're destroying their lives even as the sheep. Their lives are a mess. And I believe every Christian, we've got to come back to this understanding, come back to that thinking that he is God. And I'm not just talking about some supreme being. I'm talking about the one that is in control of my life, the one that has the right to do what he wants to with my life, has the right to tell me what to do with my life, has the right to direct my life, has the right to uh, uh, use my life however he sees fit, because he is God. And yet today, you go knock on doors and you'll find many Christians who never darkened the door of a church today, who never, if they wasn't able to go to church, they maybe you know, didn't get in the Word of God, didn't uh, you know, pull up a live stream or something like that or whatever it was. It's just, it just one of those deals that people have, have put the Lord, after salvation they put Him on the back burner, you might say. He's to be God. He's to be God. In fact, because he says there that he made us and we not not we ourselves and we are his people and he's the shepherd we're the sheep of his pasture he shows ownership there. In the New Testament, uh, Paul is writing here and he says, "What know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own? You've been bought with a price. Therefore." Glorify God in your body and spirit, which are God's. Coming back to that ownership, coming back to that place where we belong to the Lord. You know, there's all this stuff. You know, uh, today and and if you as you know, uh, people they don't want somebody saying, uh, you know. You belong to me or you belong to this. And, and my friend, I understand it, but my friend, understand this, that the Lord, uh, we belong to him if we know him as our Savior because he purchased us. You see, it was like uh, this was your life and and all of a sudden, because of sin, you was cast aside. You was pulled away from the God and and you were missing and he comes seeking for you and he found you. And to get you, he had to pay a price to get you back. He purchased you. He redeemed you is what the Bible says. To redeem something is to purchase it. And he purchased us back. We were his in the very beginning, but because of sin, we were cast aside because of sin. But he came that he might redeem us, that he might purchase us back. We belong to him. He is God. He has every right to your life and every right to direct your life. But as Christians, we have strayed from that. It's been okay. He saved my soul. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord, for saving me. I'm on my way to heaven. Now I'm going to live my life the way I want to live it. Well, what you basically have done, you've received the purchase price, but you have put yourself over to the side to do what you want to do. You see, we're His, and that makes a case for us to make Him God in our lives because we belong to Him. He must be God in your life before you can ever apply the other four verses in Psalms 100. And to be honest with you, before you'll ever... Experience the blessings of God. He must become the God in your life, the God of your life. When the Lord is God of your life, there will be a great joy expressed towards Him. Look at verse one. When He becomes Lord in, or God in your life, verse one says, "Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands." Psalms one hundred is a psalm of praise. In fact, if you look at the top under Psalms one hundred or recite if there may be written in with it it says a psalm of praise. And Psalms one hundred is praising the Lord for all that He's done. It's a Psalm of, of, of lifting him up. But many find it hard to praise the Lord nowadays. Many find it hard to to lift him up. Uh, uh, many withhold that which is a joyful noise unto the Lord. Boy, I'll tell you what, there ought to be a joyful noise coming from the hearts and the lives of, of Christians who realize that He is God, He is my Savior, He's, my, he's a, the director of my life, He's a shepherd, he, he, He's my uh, uh, great high tower, and, and on goes the list. There should be a joy in our hearts and lives. Why then are we as Christians so beat down and with our heads hanging down when we ought to have a great joy realizing who is God and who is control of my life? We may not like what He takes us through. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. But the psalmist said, I'll fear no evil. Why? Because thou. Who's thou? God. The Lord. Jehovah God, Jesus Christ. He said, said, Thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. And there should be a a real joy in our hearts when you begin to think uh, 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 of of the Lord. There should be that joyful noise that we, you know, oh, well, preacher, you know, I'm joyful. I'm happy I've got God in my heart jesus christ my savior i'm happy well tell your face (laughs) and tell your attitude and tell your tongue and get up off your your and and stand up and, and and let people know make a joyful noise unto the lord he said "Preacher, if i sing it's not very joyful I'm going to tell you something that, something that comes from the heart is more joyful than the finest singer that you will ever find that will stand on a platform and sing because they are good singers and people want to hear them and they want people to hear them. Amen. I'll take somebody that squeaks and squawks when it comes from the heart that magnifies the Lord over the person that has the perfect pitch that everything is uh, sung just right and and every hair is in place and, oh, they look so good and and they got it all down, you know? (laughs) I think it's good to do the best you can. I think it's good to to do what you can. But my friend, the joyful noise comes from the heart. Our problem today as Christians is a heart problem. We've not made Him God of our heart. And when we make Him God of our heart, we'll begin to want to make that joyful noise unto Him, want to to say uh, 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 things that will magnify Him. But how can you make a joyful noise to the Lord if you're wrapped up in this world, which is full of despair and heartache? We know that what it is to be with someone when they're joyful, when they're bubbling over and excited and stirred about something. I'm not saying that, that your life has to be just a, just a it's, it would be unnatural for, for you just to be so bubbly all the time and everything just so great, 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 great. No, I'm not talking about that. But I'm going to tell you something. There ought to be some joy that comes out of your heart and life for the Lord. There ought to be some praise unto His name. There ought to be some glory that lifts Him up and magnifies Him. You say, well, preacher, I thought it was was all about doing all these things. I thought the Christian life was about the do's and the don'ts. Can I tell you something? You look at David's life. You read the Psalms. Every Psalm that you'll read, you'll find David in there sometimes speaking about the difficulty he's going through and even weeping at times. But as he's ending up the Psalm, look out. He's going to make a joyful noise. He's going to praise the Lord. He's going to thank him. He's going to lift him up. Your life and my life, we're going to go through difficult times. But I'm going to tell you something. The crescendo ought to be with a joyful noise. Amen. Amen. The end of it ought to come as we lift up the Lord. And say, Lord, uh, I know I'm going through these times, but boy, you sure are good. You are a marvelous God. You're a wonderful God. Too many Christians today, because he is not God, he's their Savior. But he, they have not made him God of their lives. It's hard for them to make a joyful noise. You know why? Because it's all about them it's all about them your life and my life as a Christian is not about us it's about the Lord if you if you go out here and and let's take Charles for Charles for an example he he's a mechanic he don't, walk, he don't drive a vehicle up out into the garage and, and open up the toolbox and pull the, the tool trays out and, and step back and say, uh, this, this, uh, this truck has this problem that problem. And the tools just pop up out of the thing and go over there and they start turning this and turning that and pulling this apart and putting this in there. No. The mechanic has to take hold of the tool. Can I tell you something? You and I are the tool. The glory doesn't go to the tool. The glory goes to the mechanic. The glory goes to the carpenter, not the the thing that was made. Your life and my life should be a joyful noise unto the Lord, magnifying Him daily as we look at life, even through the struggles of life, that we ought to lift Him up. You see... That's how we as, you know, in in our hearts should be. uh, We should think and approach the Lord or the things of God and His Word with joy. A joyful noise in our hearts and lives unto the Lord. Then look at verse 2 there. There will be a great desire to serve the Lord. There will be a great desire. He says, serve the Lord with gladness. Do you know how most of you are reading that? Serve the Lord. It's time for toddler workers or junior workers. Serve the Lord. (laughs) Look at the rest of it. With gladness. With gladness. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before His presence with singing. It's more than just occupying yourself saying, well, I did this and I did that. No, with gladness. It's not I have to, I get to. As since he is God in my life, he has taken me. He has taken me. Put your Bible down. He has taken me. And he has placed me in a place that, that he wants me to be and, and and maybe to sing the song or lead the music or, or whatever. He has placed me there. Well, I don't want to man, I you know, I, I can't get that for I you know. 415 time, I, you know, I don't know the music. I can't get that 7, 8 rhythm down. I can't do, I, I don't know a, a C from a G. And he'll place you there and, and to lead the music and to do what he wants you to do. And he says, do it with gladness. Look at that smile, amen? <laughs> do it with gladness. With joy in your heart. Glad you're home, brother. I need another illustration. I was wearing these guys out, Amen. <laughs> With gladness, Oh, they're having a working on Saturday. Get an opportunity with gladness. Well, we're having prayer meeting. Oh man, a prayer meeting? Oh, oh, I just get tired thinking about it. Do <laughs> with gladness. Oh, i got to fill in for such and such teacher. Oh, last time I did that. Oh, those kids. Oh, my soul. <laughs> Bring on the duct tape and the Velcro. <laughs> <laughs> Instead, you know what? They may get rowdy and I may have to settle them down, but boy, i tell you what. I get the opportunity to tell them about my Savior. I had the opportunity to possibly see one of those kids get saved. I had the opportunity to possibly... See, those kids are getting off that bus and they're walking in that room. Yeah, they're rowdy. Yeah, they're, they're difficult at times and, and struggles. And, 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 and it's hard to control them sometimes. But you know what? Those kids are coming out of homes. Broken homes. That don't, don't know anything about love that don't know anything about the Lord Jesus Christ, and we get the great opportunity, the opportunity to share the Word of God with them, to love them, to magnify the Lord before them and talk about how good He's been in our lives and the lives of others. Serve the Lord with gladness. I've heard preachers say, Every time I go to the pulpit, I'll pack my suitcase. I say, preacher, do you? No, I don't like moving. I enjoy preaching, I enjoy it. It's a joy to talk about my Lord. And it's such a joy when I see somebody come to know Christ their Savior. You, sometimes you say something in the Word of God and you didn't come up with it. It just kind of come through. You grabbed it and, and, and you shared it. And all of a sudden, it's like the light came on for somebody. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's a joy. It's, it, there's a gladness about that, to be able to serve the Lord, to live for Him and to magnify. It's not a drudgery. And, it's not something, well, I'm gonna, bless God, I'm going I'm to do this if it kills me. with gladness come before his presence with singing there should be a gladness in our heart to be able to serve the lord not the drudgery that it seems to be in the lives of so many notice the song uh in the heart there that that should come before us as, as we're serving him there ought to be a song it says come before his presence with singing there ought to be a song in our hearts and and, and i love it uh, uh, different ones a lot of times you, you uh, Brother Jim or different ones, I'll see, hear them, you know, and they'll be walking maybe here there whatever, and they'll be whistling a tune. There's a song in their heart, and, and boy, it's just, you know, just a blessing, and, 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 and with gladness they're, they're singing that song in their hearts. Oh, how there ought to be a song in your heart to serve the Lord. There should be thanksgiving and praise upon the lips and the hearts of, to the Lord as we come before Him. Notice there in verse 4. It says, enter into His gates with thanksgiving and into His courts with praise. Be thankful unto Him and bless His name. You know, I'm going to tell you something. Believe it or not, you can come before the Lord with a grumpy heart. You can come before the Lord unthankful. You can come before the Lord with a bad attitude. You you say, well, I didn't think you could come for it. No, that doesn't say that you couldn't come for it. He says, this is what you ought to be doing. This is the way that you ought to be approaching the Lord. And so many times we approach the Lord from, from a selfish perspective or from an unthankful heart or from, without uh, 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 realizing who He is and what He is in our lives because He's not God in our lives. We're God or something else is God and we're miserable. And so we go before the Lord with, uh, without thankfulness. And you say, well, preacher, if you knew what I was going through, through you, you'd say that you can't be thankful. I'm not saying that you have to be thankful for what you're going through. You ought to be thankful for God and what He's doing in your heart and life. You go before Lord with a grumpy and self-centered person without the gift of praise and thanksgiving. Don't expect much until you humble yourself and begin to understand that you're coming into the divine presence of Jehovah God. There's just something about it. You get down on your knees, you begin to pray. You begin to realize who you're talking to. That, that in itself ought to make you thankful. That He would hear you. That He would listen to you. That He would care for you. That He loves you. If for no other reason He saved you, is enough to give thanks until the time that you die. Give thanks unto the Lord. Enter his courts with thanksgiving, enter in, with praise and magnify him. Enter his gates with and enter in his courts with praise. Notice one of the things, one of the signs of the last day in Second Timothy chapter three. Let me read it for you. It says this also know that in the last days perilous times shall come, for men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boast, boast boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy. One of the things that's in there is is that that they're lovers of their own selves about themselves instead of about God. But they are unthankful. Unthankful. We could stay here all night, all week long and continue to everyone tell everybody else what you could be thankful for for what God's done in your life. He deserves our praise. You see, your life is not about you. It's about the Lord. When we're in tune with the Lord, there'll be no holding back thanksgiving and praise for our wonderful Lord. There's just something about it that I can't hardly pray without just wanting to thank Him. (coughs) Just wanting to praise Him. When's the last time you blessed his name among men and or even unto him? No sir says be thankful unto him and bless his name. Amen, preacher. He's good all the time. Somebody's got to say it. All the time. Bless his name. Lift him up. Brag on him. You see these cars driving around town, they got these bumper stickers about their kid graduating this, or my kid's a graduate of Yale or whatever. My child is a student at such and such. My child has a 4.0 average. Good. You know how they dumb down their education, you find out how you got that 4.0. <clears throat> how about bragging on the Lord? How about lifting him up? How about blessing his name? I'm not saying you can't say that about your kids. We're all that way. We love our family. We love our kids. We're proud of them. And there's nothing wrong with bragging on, blessing, and, and saying, you're a, good, you're, you're a good son, you're a good daughter. I appreciate you. But when's the last time you said that about God? When's the last time you shared that with somebody else? Boy, let me tell you what God did this week. Man, it was so good. I'm not going to share everything, with you, but I'm going to tell you something real quick. This week was a battle in a lot of ways for me. And I kept thinking, at first I kept thinking, what in the world's going on? And then I realized, Lord, you're going you're to meet with us Sunday. You're going to do something. And that's when you just want to kind of get up there and look over pits of hell, at Satan, go, I think he did. I just want to bless his name for it. Amen. He's a wonderful God. Yes, sir. He leads me. He guides me. He never leads me astray. Many times we find out that we've missed the boat and not blessing the Lord. Your life's not about you. It's about him. Our lives, our prayers, and our desires have shifted to us. Think about what you pray. Hmm? Think about what you brag on. It's shifted to us. We need to put it back on Him and close. Then our heart will swell with understanding and worship for the Lord when we get all this in line. Verse 5 says, For the Lord is good. Well, I'd just love to stay there for a while. He's good. Preacher, you must not ever have any problems. Don't ask. But God sure is good. I seen a, I, as a man the other day, and he'd lost, man. <laughs> he said, how you doing? I said, or he said, um, how's the world treating you? I said, not very good. He said, "Really?" I said, "No." I said, "No, but God sure is good to me." He said, "Well, yeah, 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 okay. Guess that's right. He's good." By the time you get down, just stop and think about how good He's been to you. For the Lord is good. For the Lord is good. Hey, let's all say that together. For the Lord is good. We can't even get it in unison. Let's try it again. For the Lord is good. Amen. His mercy is everlasting, it says. And His truth endureth to all generations. You know what? We don't deserve His goodness. That's His mercy. His mercy. His mercy is everlasting. And His truth, the Word of God, will endure forever, to all generations. Who is your God? I'm not talking about salvation. If you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, He is your Savior. You're going to heaven. But who or what is really your God? What I'm saying by that is who or what controls your life? We get that right. Everything else begins to make sense. The heart will begin to swell up for the Lord. The praise will begin to come all across the lips. The thanksgiving will begin to roll out the mouth. When we get that right. David knew what he was talking about. How good God is. Let's bow. Father, I thank you for loving us. Thank you for your mercies and goodness to us. Help us to draw near to you, Lord. You have been so good to us. Lord, if all that you provided for us was salvation, that's enough. But you've went so far beyond that. Lord, help us to bless your name. Help us to sing praises unto your name. Help us to share your goodness with others. Lord, help us to show you that you are our God. By following you, the shepherd of your pasture. We're the sheep. You're the shepherd. Help us to follow you. Though it may be through the valleys of the shadow of death, the difficult times, the struggles, help us to remember you're there. Help us to acknowledge that. Help us to thank you. Lord, as we go through life, help us to serve you with gladness. Not just out of duty, but with gladness. Because it's an opportunity to serve you. No one ever served us like you did when you gave us your son. May we serve you with gladness. Bless now, Lord, I pray in this time of invitation, I pray in Jesus' name.